Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Hey friends, I'm pro-life leader Frank Pavone. Welcome to Praying for America. President Trump gave a great speech the other night at CPAC. I was there and I want to continue giving you some of the thoughts that came from that speech because they give us a game plan for elections 2024. They really do. They help us to to chart out what we've got to echo to the voters uh, for uh, uh, this victory that we need to obtain, get the White House back out of the hands of the, the radical left and uh, back into the hands of people who love America, put America first, put you and me first, recognizing that in America, sovereignty lies with the people. Sovereignty lies with the people, not with the uh, powers in Washington, D.C. Sovereignty lies with us. That's how our founders set it up. That's how we're going to keep it as we work together for America. Let's uh, start with our scripture reading, therefore, and then I'll get into some of these reflections. I want to go to the book of Exodus. I want to read the, the moment of the the deliverance. This is one of the key moments, of course, of all of the Old Testament and of all of Scripture. The deliverance from uh, Egypt, from slavery, the deliverance through the Red Sea. So we read in Exodus chapter 14, and where where the passage I want to read stretches into the beginning of chapter 15 of the book of Exodus. We're going to start in uh, 1426. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at daybreak the sea went back to its place. The Egyptians were fleeing toward it, and the Lord swept them into the sea. The waters flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea. Not one of them survived. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day, the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the great power the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in Him and in his servant Moses. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. Let us pray. Lord, you have delivered your people from many ills. You saved your people from slavery in Egypt, brought them through the waters of the Red Sea. And you have saved your people in the new covenant in the blood of Jesus Christ, brought them through the waters of baptism, 
and set them free, set us free from the slavery of sin and death. Thank you, Lord. We do exalt you. We do exalt you for these saving waters, saving waters that drown the enemy, saving waters that bless your people. We thank you, Lord, that this salvation in Jesus Christ was embraced by the founders of this nation who based this form of government on the principles found in your word and who put their faith in you as they declared independence from tyrants they declared their dependence on you we thank you lord for that because our government is like none other the principles in our founding documents are unique and that is why this nation has become a bright shining city on a hill attracting more people to it from around the world than any other place for a simple reason, that the principles on which it was founded speak to the human heart and soul and attract us because we were made according to that word. Thank you, Father. May we continue to be faithful. May we continue to reflect these truths. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Okay, so the other night, we were at CPAC. And the CPAC conference, Conservative Political Action Coalition uh, Conference, was filled with people from around the country. And in fact, conservatives from other parts of the world were together with us as well. And there were really dozens and dozens of fabulous uh, speakers, the names of, of key leaders in the conservative American political movement. But climaxing all of those uh, speeches and personalities, of course, was, was President Trump. And uh, I started talking to you yesterday about some of the things he did. Uh, it was a policy-driven speech. It was a speech that some commentators who know the president well said uh, was the, the best that he has given. And I think it's a speech that indicates to us what we can expect during the 2024 campaign. A focus on the fact that we need to fix things. We need to confront the obstacles that threaten us as a nation. We need to be able to identify what those obstacles are. And we need to be able to build on the progress that we have already made for this nation. I focused on one, and I want to talk about two more, of the threats that President Trump identified. And, you know, he understands these threats and has dealt with so many of them already uh, better than, than, than anybody else. And he talked about the World Health Organization and its, uh, you know, uh, uh, power grab that it is trying to, to make over all the nations of the world to determine what they are, should be doing in response to pandemics that they, the WHO, take it upon themselves to identify as pandemics. This is dangerous stuff. A nation, especially the United States of America, cannot surrender its sovereignty 
to some kind of international organization. You know what? That's off the table. That that that's not that's not going to happen. We're not going to let that happen. And anyone who in government that tries to make that happen, we're going to vote them out of office. That's simple uh, as that. So we talked about that threat. Let's talk about another one, which we really haven't discussed on this program very much. Um, the idea of digital currency, and, and we have to understand that. There's a concerted effort by those who have this globalist mentality of government control, who are enemies of individual freedom, of the freedoms of our family, of the freedoms of our nation, that they want to have government, uh, government-controlled digital currency. And the, the, the problem is not the digital in, a, in and of itself. It's how the digital is being used by a government that wants to control you. What are we talking about here? We're talking about a system by which, this is like uh, uh, Dick Morris described it the other day as the IRS on steroids. This would be the government controlling, monitoring, and controlling every expenditure that you make. So if it's a government-controlled digital currency, they are able to see and track every purchase you're making. And if, according to their warped philosophy of life, you're spending too much money in certain ways, you know, you're spending too much money on fossil fuels or you're spending too much money in a way that advances conservative values or you're buying too many guns or whatever the case may be, this control of this currency would allow them to turn off your currency so that the next time you go to make a purchase of, of these things, the charge doesn't go through. You can't purchase what, you're, what you want to purchase. They're enemies of freedom. And this, we've got to keep this in mind as a clear and present danger. Anything that takes us anywhere down this road of a government control of what you purchase, and of course it's going to be presented to you in a very, very positive way. Maybe ways we haven't even heard yet, because you can be sure that those that want to accomplish this you know, they're not just going to come right out and say it the way I'm saying it. They're going to disguise it. Those who sell evil always disguise it. But be aware of anything that might lead down a road like this. And we have to resist it in the name of freedom. The freedom of an individual to own the property, own property, first of all, that's a basic principle. Private property is a basic element of freedom. And to own specifically the kind of property that they want to own because they're working for it, they're earning it, and then they're purchasing what they want. The right that we have to pursue happiness. Remember, it's not a right to happiness. It's a right to pursue it. Part of pursuing it is being able to purchase what we want to purchase. Own the kind of property we want to own with the money we ourselves earned, because we worked for it, because we're pursuing happiness, which is a fundamental, unalienable, God-given right. Okay, so that's a big threat. Uh, he mentioned that. And then another threat, mandatory 
unions. You know, unions exist, and a lot of people are being uh, led led to the left by their unions at pushing all kinds of left-wing candidates, for example, and there's a lot of problems with these these organizations very often. But uh, whether you join one or not, again, needs to be a matter of freedom. We can't start going down a road where we say, oh, this is going to be mandatory. You know, you have to join these unions. Beware, be careful. Let's be careful together of any kind of mandates in this particular area. So these are just three examples of many different policy dangers that the president and uh, the Republican Party and America First candidates are pointing out. Make sure that you are tuned in to President Trump's policy statements. You can see them on uh, his website, the uh, DonaldJTrump.com, and the statement, that, the section that has statements. Very important. Day by day, let's follow these policy statements and uh, and pass them along to others. This is what we need to be focusing on. This is what he's going to be focusing on as this campaign continues. Let me shift over into another key theme that he hit on in the speech. And this represents a development of thinking in the party. Because I've heard this not just from him, but from many uh, leaders in the Republican and in the America First uh, universe. And it's important that we think through this together. We've talked a little bit about it on this program. And I've actually talked about it for years, you know, in developing our outreach for elections. And I know that many of you are are tuned in with us to our election training. Uh, you can go to Pro-Life Vote. That's our, our main election website, ProLifeVote.com. And you can sign up for trainings that we do both on the ground and online and many different activities along these lines. And we've always said from the beginning that we have to have uh, the, uh, the ability to use the tools that are given to us in our election system, including, for example, early voting. Now, I agree we should have an election day and not an election month. But here's the, here's the point. If the doors are open, and remember, now we have a population, we have an electorate, which fortunately, and this is a good thing, are going to the polls more and more. In other words, more, a greater percentage of the population is voting now than has ever voted before. Haven't we always said, oh, it's a pity that more Christians don't vote. Oh, it's too bad that so many churchgoers are not reg- not even registered. And even if they're registered, you know, so many of them don't end up exercising their right to vote, their duty to vote. And voting is a duty. And we quote the the, the, the scriptures or, or, or other teachings that reinforce the word of God. And, and it's like, when it really happens, we've got to be happy about that. We've got more people than ever actually voting. Well, there's so many, so, so, only so many hours in a day. As long as we have the polls open for a number of days, or in some states, weeks, prior to election day itself, 
then treat every one of those days as election day. Now, we all know the dangers that are involved here. And we've got to take appropriate action, and action is being taken, to make sure that those votes are secure. You know, chain of custody. Once you cast your vote, if you cast your vote early, does that give the cheaters more time to, you know, manipulate those votes? Well, yeah, but we've got to take uh, take steps in law to secure the chain of custody of our ballots to secure the information about whom who voted first of all and whom they voted for that's an issue in and of itself that 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 stands and has full validity and 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 we can all agree on but the point i'm making is and a point that president trump made is you know it's time to beat the other side as at its own game in other words you got early voting let's say a state has 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 uh uh two weeks of of early voting so what's been happening is the other side starts getting out there in droves on the very first day of early voting and on the second day and on the third day and in the second week and throughout the second week by the time you get to election day if our side is only going to come out on election day You've only got, what, 12 hours that day, maybe, to cast all those votes. And meanwhile, if the other side has taken two weeks to ramp up millions of votes, in order to win the elections, we've got to get more than that number in on a single day. You see, there's a built-in disadvantage just from the point of view of time. Just from the point of view of convenience, just from the point of view of lines, voters standing in line for hours and hours. More people are voting than ever. Why does it not make sense? And again, look, we have to preserve election integrity, whether it's during the span of two weeks or or just the span of one day, it's still an issue. Make sure that vote is handled properly. Make sure that ballot is handled properly and counted properly. Yes, of course. But just from the from the arithmetic of, of what I'm saying now, understand the problem. And, and, and more and more people are realizing that, no, we've got to be there from day one, overcoming that vote margin right from the start. Don't even let them get ahead, not even for a single day. Get in there and outvote them and outnumber them throughout the period of early voting. All right, that's one point. Secondly... The president mentioned, okay, they're using these uh, drop boxes. Now, all of this, what we're saying, when we say we have to beat them at their own game, we're not talking about the game of cheating. We're not talking about the game of breaking the law. We're talking about legal activity, but doing it better than they do. So if there are legal drop boxes, again, one person, one vote, You don't manipulate, you don't fool around, you don't stuff the box with fake ballots and all that. And we're talking about all legal activity. But just in the mental framework of, okay, if it's legal activity, why can't we do it better than they do and outnumber them? Because winning elections is not simply a matter of persuading people about arguments. It's essentially a matter of outnumbering them. Now, in order to number them, you got to persuade a large number of people to vote a certain way. But you see the point I'm making. It is a numbers game. 
using drop boxes, if that's going to be done in a way, again, that secures the integrity of the vote, secures the chain of custody, is a process that's transparent and safe, putting all that, uh, positing all that, why shouldn't we do it better than they do and have the drop boxes in uh, churches and in, in community centers that we frequent and, and, and that we can be involved in? Same thing with, with mail-in ballots. Why should all the mail-in ballots get filled in by the other side? Again, securing, and there have been hundreds of measures already passed in the state, hundreds more being worked on now by state legislatures, and there's an important Supreme Court decision. We've talked about it before on this program, the Moore versus Harper Supreme Court decision that's going to uh, clarify the question of the authority of state legislatures over elections. Constitution says that, by the way, that state legislatures determine how the elections are conducted in their state. It's amazing how those that don't really believe in the Constitution can take the plain words of it and make them mean something different than they mean, putting that aside. Um, that's going to help secure this. Granting all that and that the states pass laws that increase voter security, why not make sure that we're getting the right mail-in ballots for the right candidates? So all of this is a theme that is growing, a theme that uh, I think you'll hear President Trump emphasize uh, more and more in the weeks and months to come. One that we should discuss, you know, if we have concerns about this, if we're not sure about it, let's talk about it. Talk about it with, with your, your fellow voters. Let's, let's, let's figure out the best way to beat the other side legally uh, as, they're, as they're utilizing all these mechanisms Let's mutilize them even better, even more securely, legally, and more effectively. Okay, that's it. These are some of the things that, uh, or many other things that the president said in his speech, and I'll have more to share with you as the evenings go on, as well as more to share with you about what some of the other speakers at CPAC said. Boy, was it a powerful conference. Some of you were there. I met some of you. and. Of course, was there on the set of Right Side Broadcasting. Marvelous opportunity to for us to not only talk together about what was going on, but to pray together as well. Uh, and speaking of praying, let's uh, let us know uh, here in the comments what your prayer intentions are. By the way, the more you comment during these programs, the more reach we get. It's how these platforms work, as they see more people engaging with the program. They let it be seen by more and more people. And that's what we always want to do is expand our audience so that we can get these America first uh, principles out to as many of our fellow citizens as possible. So let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Let's pray over the different things that we uh, were just discussing. Father, we ask uh, today for protection. There are many threats on the horizon and Many of our fellow citizens, Lord, don't even understand what these threats are. Give us protection against the attempts of some in government to let the World Health Organization determine what a pandemic is and tell us what to do in response to it. 
Lord, preserve our sovereignty, the sovereignty of our nation, and the fact that that sovereignty resides in the people, not in some kind of international bureaucracy. Preserve the freedom, Lord, of our people in buying and selling, such an essential, basic aspect of our freedom. Preserve it, Lord God. Protect us from a global currency system that would remove our freedoms. Protect us, protect our children, protect our families, protect our nation. Protect us, Lord, furthermore, from mandates that would force employees to join unions when they don't want to. Lord, let this too remain a matter of freedom. Bless us, Lord, as we prepare for these elections with, give us wisdom. Lord, we we ask you, first of all, to get rid of any, any form of dishonesty in any election. And Lord, we ask you that the tools that are available to us legally, our side will use better than the other side. Lord, give us this grace. Give, Give voters the wisdom to... Consider these issues to see what the right thing is to do and to do it together in an effective way to win these elections. Bless President Trump and his team and bless all those who are considering running for the office of president or who have already announced that they are, those who will in the near future, and those who are running for any other kind of public office. Bless and guide them today. Send us all your spirit. And bless us now as we pray the very words Jesus taught us, as we pray for one another and all our intentions. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We are praying for you. We are praying for America. And don't forget, as President Trump has told us, we're part of the greatest political movement in American history. What a privilege. Let's stay connected. Connect with me on social media. FR Frank Pavone is the address. And follow Right Side Broadcasting, too, at RSB Network. Thank you, Getter, for carrying our programs and all of the platforms that are delivering these broadcasts. We're grateful for all of you. We're grateful for you, brothers and sisters, sharing what you are watching tonight. We will talk to you again tomorrow. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.